Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the Super Travel Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and this is episode 33. That's some wonderful Christmas inspirational music because Christmas is almost here. One week until December 25th. I hope you're ready. I hope you got your shopping in. I haven't started my shopping until about a week from, just under a week from now, actually. Christmas morning, I'll get my Christmas shopping in with most of the other men (laughs) around the U.S. We will quickly get it done in less than an hour. And I know all the women have already done their Christmas shopping about six months ago. Uh, Yes, so (laughs) it's a difference between men and women right there. Um, So this one, this episode is going to be Naples, Italy, also called Napoli. And it was uh, surprisingly wonderful uh, when I was there for really a short time. And I wish I had more time. I'll definitely make it uh, uh, go back there another time and make sure I, I visit it you know, much more in depth. I did get uh, a good feel for it and a feel for uh, the places around it. And if you if you look on a map, uh, Naples is towards the bottom in the ankle of the boot, if you look at it on the map, and towards the front along the coast. And it's really at a cool location. It's only a couple hour train from from Rome, so that's not too far away, and you're close to really an amazing place of uh, Pompeii, you're close to Mount Vesuvius, you could see in the distance, you are close to the Amalfi Coast, which is a World, Her- I think it's a World Heritage Site, when I looked at it, well, uh, it said, when I was looking online, it said, uh, I think it said the whole, almost like the whole coast is a World Heritage Site. I'll double check that when I uh, when we go over that. But getting back to the map, there's uh, on the Amalfi Coast. You have Sorrento right there. You have Capri Island. You have Salerno. You have this whole beautiful one of the most beautiful parts in all of Italy. Actually, is that <clears throat> Amalfi Coast from what I've read, and um, I only saw part of it. I only saw a little past Salerno because when I was driving, uh, the road was closed. I guess there was big boulders or something that fell. So I didn't quite get a chance to go all the way around it to Sorrento like I wanted to in Positano. But I'll save that for another time. But I did get a chance to go to Pompeii and Naples and, and uh, yeah, those places and really uh, spectacular. And I guess you could call it a hidden gem almost of Italy. I've, I've read good and bad things about Naples and it's surprising because uh, I, I think Naples was fine. Apparently there's still a mafia that, uh, that you know, is still around and, and it's in Naples. It's the, the mafia. I can't remember the name of it. Actually, I, could, I should Google that right now. Naples Mafia. We call this a super travel experience Google podcast. It's called the the Camorra. The Camorra are the Italian mafia type crime syndicate or a secret society which arose in the region of Campania and its capital Naples. It is one of the oldest and largest criminal organizations in Italy, dating back to the seventeenth century. Wow! So it's the yeah Sicilian mafia, also called, and it's called the Camorra. C A M O. R R A, 
And there's just an article too from July of this year. Mafia in Naples is still going strong, and we must not forget how it affects everyday life in the city. That's fascinating. I I didn't even know that. I I thought the mafia was was old, you know, old news, and wasn't still around, but apparently it is. So Naples, Naples is a interesting place. I I mean, from what I've my recollection, what from my previous concept misconceptions about it, it's I didn't really know anything or what to think about it, and I was really surprised with how cool it was. the The airport's really close to the city center. It's only like fifteen minute drive. It's it's kind of fascinating. That's the closest airport. That I can recall, that's uh, to the downtown major city, like that. So um, this is from Wikipedia, and this is uh, Naples, the regional capital of Campania. What's Campania? Campania is a region in Italy, kind of like a state. I see it now. It's I don't know how to explain, but if you wanted to Google, you could see how big it is. But it's the region of Campania. And uh, it's the third largest municipality in Italy after Rome and Milan. So that's that's cool. It's a pretty big city. It has a population of just over 3 million people. And um, one of the most densely populated cities in Europe. It was first set. And this is where it gets interesting. The history of Naples is uh, <clears throat> intriguing for me because I was walking around the historic area and I found and saw so many old ancient ruins that were just amazed, just blew my mind in this area. So Naples was first settled by the Greeks in the second millennium BC. Naples is one of the oldest continuously inhabited uh, urban areas in the world. The ninth century BC, a colony known as Parthenope, was established on the island of Megaride, later founded as Neapolis in the 6th century BC. The city was an important part of Magna Graecia, played a major role in the merging of Greek and Roman society, and a significant cultural center under the Romans. It served as the capital of the Duchy of Naples from 661 to 1139, then of the Kingdom of Naples, 1282 to 1816, and finally of the two Sicilies until the unification of Italy in 1861. Naples is also considered a capital of the Baroque since the arrival of Caravaggio in the 17th century and due to the artistic revolution his arrival occasioned. And then this goes into uh, some history about World War II. It was severely damaged by the Allied bombings between 1925 and 1936. And that led to uh, post-1945 reconstructive work. And uh, Naples experienced significant growth in the recent decades, helped by the construction of a big business district called Central de Regional, and they also built a really good advanced transportation network, high-speed rail link, rail link to Rome and Salerno, and an expanded subway network. It says Naples is the third largest urban economy in Italy after Milan and Rome, and the oh, this is interesting too. I found it, Naples just blew my mind. I, I didn't know all this stuff. The port of Naples is one of the most important in Europe and home of the Allied Joint Force Command. Naples, the Naples, the NATO body that oversees North Africa, the Sahel, and Middle East. Naples' historic center is the largest in Europe. That's my cat scratching at the door. I don't know if you could hear it. Can you hear it? No, she stopped. She's trying to get in. <laughs> the door closed. She was 
Oh, actually, she got in. <laughs> hi, Lucy. Hi. Say hi. Lucy. There she goes. She's saying hi. You hear it? <laughs> okay. Uh, that's hi from Lucy, my cat. And uh, let's see. Where was I? The port is an important uh, NATO body and overseas. Okay, I said that. Uh, Naples Historic City Center is the largest in Europe and a UNESCO World Heritage Site with a wide range, Lucy agrees, of cultural and historically significant sites. Uh, nearby, including the Palace of Caserta, the Roman ruins of Pompeii, and Herculaneum. Naples is also known for its natural beauties, such as Palisopol, the Flagrian fields, Nisida, and Vesuvius. Neo Neapolitan cuisine is noted for its association with pizza, which origi originated in the city, as well as numerous other local dishes. Naples has the most stars from the Michelin Guide of any Italian city. And there's a big, well-known sports team called the Series uh, A Club SSC Napoli. And yeah, it's just full of really cool stuff, Naples. And if, if you want to Google it, Lucy's climbing on my leg right now. Uh, if you want to Google it, there's all sorts of cool historical stuff about it. I'm not going to go over all this because I'll be here for... Uh, you know, for a few hours. Um, part of it was, w one of the things that fascinated me was um, uh, there was uh, some history with the, during the Punic Wars, the strong walls surrounding Neapolis repelled the invading forces of the Carthaginian general Hannibal. So it's fascinating to connect one of the greatest uh, generals of all time, Hannibal Barca, to Naples, Italy, which, Italy, which is really, really cool. And it just... The more I read about it, the cooler and cooler Naples is. And getting back to uh, the most important part of Naples, the history of pizza. Pizza was invented, or at least the modern uh, pizza was invented in Naples. So let's check out the history of pizza. And really begins in antiquity where various ancient cultures produced these basic flatbreads with several toppings. And from what I read, or what I'm reading, the precursor of pizza was probably the focaccia, flatbread known to the Romans as panis focaccias, P-A-N-I-S-F-O-C-A-C-I-U-S, to which toppings were then added. Modern pizza developed in Naples when Tomato was added to the focaccia in the late 18th century. Who would have thought you add tomato to a flatbread and it turns it into a pizza? Interesting. That's <laughs> so cool. The word pizza was first documented in AD 997 in Geta, G-A-E-T-A. -E That's a city in the province of Latina in Lazio, central Italy. Uh, 100 about 120 kilometers from rome and 80 kilometers or 50 miles from naples and successively in different parts of central and southern italy pizza was mainly eaten in italy and by immigrants from there this changed after world war ii when allied troops stationed in italy came to enjoy pizza along with other italian foods the the food in italy is just phenomenal in general i mean you you, you can't go to Italy and just not love all the food. All the amazing food you could think of comes from from uh, Italy, including the best of all, which most people love. I would say pizza is probably, probably one of the 
、uh, most beloved foods of all. <laughs> so that's the history of pizza. Right there, and getting back to Naples. So, <clears throat> Naples is fascinating. There's all sorts of cool things to see and do. And just、uh, here's 15 things. I maybe I won't go over all of them, but here's a bunch of things to do in, in Naples. You could find this online, Google. That's what I do before I go to every city. <clears throat> Excuse me. You Google best things to do in a city and you pick your top two or three or whatever you, whatever you have time for. The most that excites you. If it excites you, that means you should probably go. And so, <clears throat> number one, it says Pompeii and Herculaneum. That's the ancient city excursion. And. Those are two Roman cities that are famous UNESCO World Heritage sites, and they were destroyed by volcanic、uh, eruption of Mount Vesuvius in AD 79. They're buried under like 15 to 20 feet of volcanic ash. Excuse me. <sighs> uh, I got just burped because I had a smoothie. I had a fruit smoothie、uh, just now. I just、uh, finished my bike workout and a sauna. So I'm still kind of digesting. It was, it was delicious. I had、uh, a banana with raspberries, a little bit of uh, coconut, yo- uh, coconut yogurt,、uh, a dash of kefir, and、uh, almond milk. And getting back to Pompeii, sorry for the distraction, and Herculaneum. That's wonderful. One of my favorite places. That I visited on this trip was Pompeii. It's humongous. I think it, I just read it was like 300 acres. Pompeii is right、uh, outside of Naples, it's very close.、Um, it, you could also see the volcano Vesuvius from Na-、uh, Naples as well as Pompeii. So, Pompeii, I have that, this open the history of Pompeii here. If you like ruins, it's, it says it covers 170 acres and was home to 11,000 to 11,500 people based on the household counts. And、um, it's just, the history of this is, is fascinating. And then the first stable settlements on the site back,、uh, date back to the 8th century BC. Uh, with, when the、uh, Oscans, the people of central Italy, founded five villages in the area. And the Oscans or the Asai were an Italic people of Campania and Latium, Adiectum, during Roman times. I know I butchered that. They spoke the Oscan language, also spoken by the Samites of southern Italy. Although the language of the Samites was also called Oscan, the Samites were never referred to as Oscai, nor the Oscai called Samites. So that's really ancient history there. And then the Greeks arrived in Campania f-、uh, right around 740 BC. And then Pompeii entered the orbit of the Hellenic people. And the most important building of the period is the Doric Temple. And you know what's fascinating? Oh, and at the same time, the cult of Apollo was introduced. Greek and Phoenician sailors used the location as a safe port. Fascinating.、Um, there's a temple of Isis in Pompeii. And do you, have you heard of Isis before? Isis. What, what, what is the temple of Isis? Is a Roman temple in Pompeii dedicated to the Egyptian goddess Isis? Why is there an Egyptian goddess temple in Pompeii, Italy? It doesn't make any sense. I, like, it's so weird. That's some like uh, uh, forbidden archaeology. I don't know if you ever heard of that. about、uh, That's this fascinating concept. But yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. I was walking around for hours and I was just 
in awe at how how cool it was and how how big it was really you're walking on these old cobblestone streets and you're you know there's a mosaic of alexander the great and uh i think i can't remember the name of that house it was like i think it was fauno fauno maybe uh these these houses these ancient houses have different names <clears throat> and fauno i think it was fauno f-a-u-n-o um also, uh, in about 64, Nero and his wife Papaya visited Pompeii and made gifts to the Temple of Venus, probably when he performed in the Theater of Naples. Check this out. You know where the Theater of Naples is? There's a... Uh, oh, let me get back to that after... Uh, oh, wait. I might as well go, go over it right now. So the, the Theater of Naples is... There's an underground secret theater of Naples, which is fascinating, which I just read about. There's like all these amazing underground cool tunnels and caverns by the Greeks over 2,000 years ago to modern um, times for war, you know, to escape the bombings and fascinating. So uh, eruption of Mount Vesuvius. So in uh, By the first century AD, Pompeii was one of the number of towns near the base of the volcano, Mount Vesuvius. I don't know if they understood at the time, but for me, I don't think I'd want to live at the base of a volcano. You know, I mean, it just—I don't know why they chose that place, but I guess the the region has uh, grown prosperous from because of the for, uh, fertility of the agriculture there. So it was really fertile land, and there are many of Pompeii's neighboring communities, uh, including Herculaneum, that also suffered damage or destruction during the AD 79 eruption. And it's fascinating too, because in the museum, you could still see bodies that were in motion, just preserved, almost mummified. And to see that is really, uh, really crazy. And Pliny the Younger provided a first-hand account of the eruption of Mount Vesuvius from his position across the Bay of Naples at Misenum, but written 25 years after the event. And let's see if I could find any, no, a later. All right, so there was, you know, it was discovered and excavated. And wow, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of all these bodies like laying down. Wow, and they're like well-preserved, like casts of victims still in, in situ, it says. I'm not sure what situ means. There's a lot of Roman frescoes and all these vias. There's, there's all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and this is... Two-thirds of the city had has been evacuated, but the remnants of the city are rapidly deteriorating. So they're trying to conserve it because of all the weather and erosion, light exposure, water damage... Poor methods of excavation and reconstruction, all sorts of stuff. And for also the World War II, uh, many uh, buildings were badly damaged by the many bombs dropped. And World War II, that was the fascism, fascism uh, with um, Benito Mussolini, who was allied with, lo and behold, Adolf Hitler. Uh, okay, in June 2013, UNESCO declared if restoration and preservation works failed to deliver substantial progress in the next two years, Pompeii could be placed on the list of world world heritage in danger. Wow. 
So I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, that that's Pompeii. Definitely highly recommend. I'm I'm going back. I already decided I'm going back. I want to see the Amalfi Coast, uh, Positano, Sorrento. Uh, uh, what is it? Posit- Sorrento, Positano, uh, Amalfi or Amalfi, Capri. All sorts of wonderful, beautiful places that uh, I didn't quite get to, and I will. That that's the wonderful part of Naples as is, is it's a, a brilliant location, and I didn't even finish the top things to do in Italy. I just go over some of them real fast. You could climb Mount Vesuvius. That sounds really fun, actually. Oh, so there's Naples Underground. Explore the hidden site. Forty meters below the historic center of Naples is the heart of Naples, Napoli Saturane or Naples Underground. This is the place from which the city was born. 2400 years ago every epic event in history even the bombs of world war ii have left a mark on its yellow tufu walls tufu walls this journey will undoubtedly will undoubtedly you as your eyes <laughs> that looks like a, a spelling mistake by these guys but the journey will be amazing uh, when you see the rapid uh, the air raid shelters of World War II, the war museum, even an underground vegetable garden, the Hypogeum Gardens. So that looks really fun. There's the world's longest funicular ride. That looks cool. Michelangelo, you could admire his works. Um, some really great, looks like paintings and pizza. This is where it originated. Some great Na- Napoli pizza. Amalfi Capri Island boat tour, vineyard tour, the zoo is supposed to be fun. There's parks, library, events, carnivals, fashion, street shopping, customized menswear, tailor-made apparels. Um, I guess it's one of the biggest hubs for high-end made menswear in the world. Hey, that's cool. Um, archaeological park and... That's it for the most part, but that it's definitely. I think he spent a couple of weeks in that whole area, invest, uh, you know, having fun and checking out everything. And did I get to the Amalfi Coast? I wanted to double check if it was a World Heritage Site. Um, I it might have been. I got it confused with the historical district of Naples as being like a completely world heritage site. I don't, oh no, actually, look at 1997, the Amalfi Coast was listed as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So that whole coast is a world heritage site. So that's that's pretty amazing. So it's definitely a beautiful place and I've got to see part of it and I was blown away. You could check out pictures online and it doesn't even do it justice. It's so, uh, so beautiful. And that's that. And that's pretty much Naples right there. Um, one thing I did want to go over, I did want to uh, reinforce was uh, having gratitude while traveling. Let me close this door so my cat doesn't come in again. Was uh, having gratitude while traveling. I've traveled with some very ungrateful people before and it's embarrassing for me and, you know, a shame of, to, to, for the people that they're directed against. And so 
definitely uh, if you travel just uh, remember you're one of the few in the world that has the opportunity to travel and you should make the best of it and provide a positive example uh, for traveling and be gracious and have a lot of gratitude Uh, Tony Robbins so he says gratitude is a solution to anger and fear so I was reading about gratitude trying to put it together with humility and you know this thing popped up one of the first things that Tony Robbins does when he gets out of bed is he he jumps into a freezing water cold plunge and he does that to help with his self-discipline and then he does this uh, thing he calls priming for 10 minutes. And so he alters his emotional state by making radical changes in, in his breathing. And then uh, for three and a half, three and a third minutes each, he focuses on three moments in his life that he's grateful for because gratitude is the antidote, antidote to the things that mess us up. You can't be angry and grateful simultaneously. You can't be fearful and grateful simultaneously. So gratitude is the solution to both anger and fear. Instead of just acting grateful, I think of specific situations that I am grateful for, little ones and big ones. I do it every single day and step into these moments and I feel the gratitude and the aliveness. Then he does a three-minute blessing and prayer. But the gratitude is is really, really important. And uh, there's seven, you know, there's an article, seven scientific proven benefits of grat- gratitude, gratitude that will motivate you to give thanks year-round. Gratitude opens the doors to more relationships. Not only does saying thank you constitute good manners, people, I've done so much, so many good things for people, and I hardly get a thank you. It's the most ungrateful, selfish things in the world. And sometimes I do things for people and they're thank you, thank you, thank you, and it's great. It feels great. But then there's people you do things for and they are extremely ungrateful and I never want to do anything for them again just because they're so ungrateful they have this sense of entitlement that is is really coming up these days and it's really really uh not not so good and it can constitutes good manners just by saying thank you showing appreciation can help you win new friends uh there was a 2014 study published that says that Thanking a new acquaintance makes them more likely to seek an ongoing relationship. So whether you think a stranger holding the door for you or send you a quick thank you note to that coworker who helped you with a project, acknowledging other people's contributions can lead to new opportunities. Another benefit, that's Lucy scratching at the door. <laughs> she, wants, she wants to uh, have her say have her say a few words about gratitude, I'm sure. Uh, it'd probably be like meow, 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 meow. Um, number two, gratitude improves physical health. Grat- grateful people experience fewer aches and pains and they report feeling healthier than other people. Because remember with gratitude, you can't have anger or fear. You can only have one or the other. Uh, that That's part of it. And that mind-body connection is is directly connected. And so that you feel healthier than other people um, you're also likely to take care of their your health. They exercise more often and are more likely to attend regular checks with the doctors, which is likely to contribute to for further longevity. Number three, gratitude improves psychological health. This is huge. And this is kind of, it, it took me a while to kind of 
make sense of, but it's true. It's true. Just try it. I mean, whenever you're mad or angry or fearful, try to think of things you're, you're, you know, uh, gracious for, especially like if you're afraid of flying, this, this is a direct connection with traveling or, or you're afraid of heights. Think of something you're, you're, uh, gracious for, have some gratitude. And it reduces a multitude of toxic emotions ranging from envy, resentment, to frustration, regret. Uh, as a leading gratitude researcher, Dr. Robert Emmons has conducted multiple studies on the link between gratitude and well-being. His research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. Hey, that's that's huge, absolutely huge. Number four, gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people are more likely to behave in a pro-social manner, even when others behave less kind. According to this study back in 2012, um, study participants who ranked higher on gratitude scales were less likely to retaliate, retaliate against others even when given ne negative feedback. They experienced more sensitivity and empathy toward other people and a decreased desire to seek revenge. Number five, grateful people sleep better. There's a study uh, in applied psychology back in 2011 that's uh, you just spend 15 minutes jotting down a free grateful a few grateful sentiments before bed and you may sleep better and longer and you could also do this as soon as you wake up write what you're grateful down uh, for and that will um, really lead to a positive start to your day number six gratitude improves self-esteem i didn't know this one as uh, a study in 2014 by the journal of applied sports psychology found that gratitude increased athletes self-esteem which is an essential component of optimal performance other studies have shown that gratitude reduces social comparison um, rather than becoming resentful toward people who have more money or better jobs um, grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishments and number seven, <clears throat> gratitude increases mental strength. Um, for years, research has shown that gratitude not only reduces stress, but also plays a major role in overcoming trauma. There was a study back in 2006 found that Vietnam War veterans with higher levels of gratitude experienced lower rates of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And another study back in 2003 found that gratitude was a major contributor to resilience following the terrorist attacks on September 11th. Recognize all you have to be thankful for, even during the worst times of your life, fosters resilience. So we all have the ability and opportunity to cultivate gratitude. Simply take a few moments to focus on all that you have rather than complain about all the things you think you deserve. Developing an attitude of gratitude is one of the simplest ways to improve your satisfaction with life. And that, we're going to end this podcast on that note. And next podcast, I want to connect gratitude and hum humility and see the connections with those which I've been examining lately and found a really uh, wonderful connection between those two. Thank you for listening to the Super Travel Experience podcast. I hope you got a little bit something out of it. And um, yeah, have a wonderful day or night, wherever you are. Have a wonderful life. Live your best life. And that's it. Have, uh, have as much develop gratitude and be thankful for what you have rather than um, focusing on what you don't have. All right, guys. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening. Oh, and <laughs> I guess I might as well just do this. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by my travel store, um, Super Travel X, www.supertravelx.com. Use the code 
code SUPER10 for 10% off uh, all your wonderful, the best travel accessories and um, gear, travel gear and accessories. So check it out if uh, you want any of that. And yeah, thanks for listening. I'll just, I'll keep that, <laughs> I'll keep that short. But I didn't want to forget that. I always forgot that like during the, the, the beginning episodes. All right, guys, that's it. Have a wonderful day. And Lucy says bye as well. <laughs> All right. Let's get some outro music. This is Inspirational Christmas. So hopefully it's playing. I don't know. Is it playing? Yeah, there we go. So have a wonderful Christmas. You know, I think I'll do one, uh, another podcast probably before and use the same cool music because I kind of like it. It's called Inspirational Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas, guys. And remember, what are you uh, thankful for? <laughs>